Next on BYU Sports Nation, opponent wanted in 2016. BYU football needing to replace a game after Southern Miss bows out. What type of opponent do you really want, BYU fans? Careful. But before we talk 2016, we need to discuss 2015 with managing editor of Campus Insiders, Pete Futek. Plus, Olympian and head coach of BYU track and field, Ed Eyestone, returns to Studio B with championship swagger. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Michael Elisa. BYU Sports Nation once again live in Radio Vision, the 464th edition. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Wednesday, June 3rd, wherever and however you're dialed in, always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Shaved Ice Critic. Michael Alisa. You know, I like my shave ice. Where's the go-to place, man? In fact, just to be specific, it's shave ice. Oh, it's you don't, shave yeah, if ice. You, if you're going to be local, you got to say shave ice. <laughs> shave ice that's, gives you up like that. That's why you're the critic. Shave okay? ice. You're here to help me out with things yeah. like that. Uh, so somehow yesterday, like your, your shirt, your shirt selection on the Tuesday show uh, got trending a little bit on, on the Twitter machine, and your brother... Then said, hey, mom, can, can we get one of these for Spencer? And all of a sudden, yep. your mom is tweeting at me like, what size are you? Do you I'm want like, the same shirt? Well, I'm over here like, uh, can I just get another one? Like, what, <laughs> like, why don't we get Spencer one? Yeah, yeah, she's like, Spencer, do you want the same exact shirt as Michael? I'm like, no. No, Michael's like, no, you, he happening. doesn't want that one. I want it to be my shirt. <laughs> yeah. So if your brother and mom are listening get at some point. Get him one a little less good looking. I am a medium. And no, I don't want the same shirt as Michael to preserve the awesomeness and the solidarity uh, right. of that shirt for Michael alone. Yeah, but I, I, you know, if you see something that's similar, send it over. Hawaii represent, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Am I really begging for a shirt? We'll go. Yeah. I'll have her go check out like all the yard sales out there. See if she can grab one for you. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> you have a cool mom, dude. The She's conver- awesome. Yeah, the conversation alive twenty four seven on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. And be a part of BYU Sports Nation. As always, members welcome. Load yourselves up for the Twitter question today. What type of opponent would you like to see BYU schedule to fill the Southern Miss spot in 2016? Okay, if you're not familiar with what happened, Southern Miss bowed out. Okay? They're going to play BYU at some other future date. So which opponent do you want? First tweet in from at Brian. Going to need a guaranteed win. So what about playing Texas, <laughs> either in Austin or Provo? That's good. <laughs> I Texas, like it. Texas is never scheduling oh, BYU again. Oh, Seriously, man. unless they have to, unless at some point they're in the same conference somewhere down the line. The Longhorns are not coming anywhere near Provo. I'm call- well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just so <laughs> You funny. lived it. You well saw their done. eyes. You saw their faces. Great tweet there. You intercepted a pass. And with yeah. your 4-9 speed, almost ran it back into the end zone. I looked zone. in Tyrone Swoop's eyes <laughs> as I was getting up. Yeah, He, he didn't want any more of that. Oh. BJS, Pack, they should get Notre Dame, USC, and Bama to come to Provo next year. Okay, hashtag BYU Sports Nation. I know that Whew. this is hashtag snark, right? Like it has to be. Because BYU does not want any of those three teams. Especially... Not next year. But we do, eventually. Not next year. Not next year. 
And we'll, not, not to fill in that slot. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. Here are your BYU Sports Nation headlines. We mentioned the BYU-Southern Miss game has been moved from the 2016 season. Southern Miss scheduled a series with Kentucky, forcing BYU to have to play them at a later date. But keep in mind, BYU moved Southern Miss, so we owed them a favor. It's not that big of a deal. Tyler Haas, again, working out of the NBA, Michael. What oh, do you yeah. got for us? Tyler Haas, Lakers. The today. Lakers today. Yeah. Are you a Lakers fan? Not necessarily, no. I, I don't really have – I have a few guys here and there that I cheer for. Okay. And I'm, I have to admit, with basketball, when it comes to basketball, I'm, I'm totally a bandwagon guy. I like to just cheer for the, uh, the Cinderella team. Okay, fine, yeah. fine. Okay, well, Brian Logan is hoping that Tyler Haas ends up on the Lakers. <laughs> oh, B-Low. He's, he's been doing – man, he's been everywhere this yes, week. Yes, he has. Yes, he Do has. Do work, Tyler. We're rooting for you. The BC Lions depth chart was released uh, up in Canada. Austin Colley and John Beck both on that depth chart, both listed as second stringers. Uh, we'll see if John Beck and Austin can get themselves into a starting position later this season. On that note, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Replacing Southern Miss. BYU is now searching for an opponent on the 2016 football schedule. A help-wanted ad has been placed out on FB schedules. To replace Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles scheduled a series with Kentucky, forcing their game at BYU in 2016 to be moved to a later date. So now Tom Holmo and the Cougars have not one but two home games to lock down before the 2016 schedule becomes complete, unofficially, but still Complete. Now, as soon as the news broke, Michael, I saw a movement on social media asking for BYU to go out and get another Power 5 opponent. Go get another Power 5 team. Bring on the best. Let's do this. You, I, you have no words. No words. <laughs> and I, I, I respect, I respect your, your courage. I respect your courage. But, guys, think about the... The, the, I, I, you have to look at the season. Look at all the teams we're playing. Think about the team, about what the players are going to have to go through. Well, guys, we need a break. Ah. At some point, you got to get a little. And you're thinking about the players. A water break during you're your thinking workout. About the players. <laughs> I'm thinking about the players. Your teammates. Man. It, in a hard workout, it's just common sense. Every now and then, you got to go get a cup of water. Well, okay. In th- a season like this, you need a few of those breaks to catch your breath. You will understand. Hard. You will understand Michael's sentiment as soon as you see the schedule. We'll get to that in just a moment. But fans are funny, you know? I mean, you really, you don't want a high-caliber opponent every week. Even Notre Dame, who we profiled at length yesterday and went to one of their insiders, they schedule a brutal independent schedule year in and year out. But they, too, want that magical word, balance. Here's Brett Hansen from the South Bend Tribune telling us how Notre Dame views their scheduling efforts. Notre Dame fans want a killer schedule. They don't care what it does to their team. <laughs> they don't want to go to the UMass game. They don't want to, you know, if Temple plays at Notre Dame, they don't really get too jazzed about that. They don't like the cupcakes on the schedule. Well, guess what? They don't like them, the fans, but they need them. Mm-hmm. You need it. You don't the, think team, any- the team needs them. Yes. Okay. You have to have balance or you will literally burn yourself out. You're not going to have anybody left to play on the field by the time November runs around. Okay. If, if every game is a life and death game where you are just duking it out. Gosh. <laughs> that's, 
That is a rough season. Now, a, co- a couple of things for BYU fans clamoring for more Power 5 foes in 2016. Uh, one, what Power 5 team is going to travel to Provo on relatively short notice? Like, these things are planned years in advance. So why in the world do you want another Power 5 team on the 2016 schedule? That is number two. Have you seen it? Well, here you go. You open at Arizona, neutral, but de facto road game because it's at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Phoenix. Then you're in Salt Lake City at Utah, followed by a home game against UCLA. You turn around seven days later and go to Landover, Maryland, to FedEx Field, the home of the Redskins, to play West Virginia, another de facto neutral but road game. At Michigan State on October 8th, Mississippi State back here in on October 15th, at Boise State, at Cincinnati, Utah State. Utah State and Cincinnati are the easy teams on that schedule? Are you not entertained? <laughs> what else do we want here? Well, yeah, well, oh. yeah, entertained, but you want another Power 5 team added to that schedule? Stop. Just stop it. You ha- you legitimately when you I when we showed you the schedule I your I reaction legitimately was had a panic attack <laughs> straight up I, I I my heart started beating I, the room was getting smaller heat flashes I I didn't know what to do with myself I I could not get over the fact that we we're running the gauntlet like that that is impre- it's impressive and any more than that. I say, is madness. Okay, so tell me the dynamic. Tell me the two emotions that you feel. Okay, you look at that as like a player and yeah. your team. It's okay. It's, is it not awesome to see okay, those names? Okay, there are two sides. The player part of me beats my chest like a gorilla and says, bring it on. Let's do this. Okay. But then there's a little voice in the back of your head that says, holy smokes. <laughs> that looks hard. So, I, oh my. I, 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 you cannot put on one more P5 team in that schedule. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, not even, you know, you want to go out and get a mid-tier to lower-tier Power 5 team? I'd, I don't even want that. No. Like, there's enough. There is enough there. We asked, like, okay, well, what's too tough? You had another Power 5 team in that schedule? With, with our, with our ding, history ding, ding. with Washington State, I would say, okay, may, maybe like a Washington State. I, 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 would, I would say maybe with one of those. If, if you really want to just, like, Go all in with the hard teams. You want to play P five teams. You want to play Mike Leach as your easy team. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if we're gonna go P five team, let's go with the Washington State. Kansas, they're, they're not. They're not a USC. Wake they're not Forest. Alabama. Okay, but yeah. let's be honest. Those teams aren't yeah, coming Kansas, to Pro Bowl on short notice. Colorado. They're not coming. BYU will play UMass on that schedule as well. So their home games scheduled are uh, UCLA, Mississippi State, Utah State, and UMass. They have two open home dates. Tom Homo is going to add an FCS opponent to that schedule. You know, Wagner might show up again. Seriously. And BYU needs it. You need that FCS opponent next year on that schedule. UMass will probably end on November 19th. So somewhere in October, the Cougars have to place in whatever they're going to go get into that schedule. And I think it needs to be a G5 opponent. Okay, Not a world beater at that either. So we've picked out some teams that we feel like would fit that bill. Right. Okay. Michael, you go first. Who do you want on that schedule to replace Southern Miss? I have one team, and I I wanted a team that has respect, that has a name, Okay. but isn't a tough team. It's almost a gimme. No no offense to to these guys, but Army. The Service Academy. Service Academy. They got respect. Everyone knows their name. And guess what? Their date is open. Their dates are open. We can schedule them, and it will work out. 
I guarantee Tom Homo would love Army on the schedule. I'm going to throw a couple of other names in there, okay? Tulane, which has been floated out there before. They have been rumored to be talking with BYU. Nothing has been official, but Tulane, I feel like, is that caliber of opponent that BYU could benefit from in Provo. They'll at some point have to go to, you know, New Orleans and play that game. But Or UAB. They just reinstated like the that. football program. I like UAB. You don't think UAB is desperately looking for teams now to fill schedules? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the reason why I like Tulane and UAB, too, like you said, they're, they're not nobodies, but they're, they're some easier opponents than what we're facing the rest of the season. The Cougars need, for lack of a better term, a cupcake. Especially, especially when you consider our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU will begin the 2016 season without 10 projected starters on this year's 2015 roster, including the likes of... A few stars. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Jamal Jamal Williams. Williams. Bronson Kafusi, Mitch Matthews. All gone. So you have a brand new quarterback (laughs) facing... 2016, which is tougher than this year's schedule, which we've already dubbed as the toughest top to bottom in <laughs> BYU football history. Okay. Talk about managed expectations. Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's awesome. It is awesome that we have that schedule to look forward to as college football fans. And I like that feeling. The anxiety feeling, that, that's what keeps you going. That keeps you alive. keeps you on your toes. And I have that for 2016 big time. <laughs> oh, man. Just want to see what happens. Calling Tulane, UAB and Army, Tom Homo on line one. Okay. <laughs> now back to 2015. Okay. We've, we've done enough projecting out and looking at the 2016 schedule, which is a lot of fun. But the 2015 schedule has quite the start as well. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 94 days. Nice. You're getting better at that. (laughs) 94 days away from BYU at Nebraska, Lincoln Memorial Stadium on September 5th of 2015. Not 16. The season starts in three months. Three months, Michael. Here we go. Let's do this. What type of opponent would you like to see BYU schedule to fill the Southern Miss spot in 2016? Let's get a few tweets in. It's winter time. At Mormon underscore Madness 1, a Pac-12 team like Oregon or someone similar. Guys, guys, <laughs> check out the rest of the schedule. <laughs> Look at the gauntlet. <laughs> oh, at ZG for real. TCU would be a great add to the schedule. Oh. CJ Hershey, Kansas State. Oh, Kansas or Wake Forest. I like Maybe. that. Okay. Lower P5 team. Up next, managing editor of Campus Insiders, Pete Futak, on his preview of BYU's upcoming season. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Three weeks from today, BYU Football Media Day will kick off, I believe, all of the media days across the country. They're kind of the ones to get things rolling. Starting at 11 a.m. Eastern on Wednesday, June 24th, State of the Program with Tom Holmo, the Athletic Director and Head Coach Bronco Mendenhall, addressing all and any questions as we approach the 2015 season, followed by that immediately, a two-hour special edition 
of BYU Sports Nation right here on BYU Radio and BYU TV and a guest list that you will not want to miss. Four Decades of Dominance, our BYU TV Sports Special, will air at 4 p.m. Eastern. All BYU football all day on Wednesday, June 24th. Our Twitter question today. Given the news that Southern Mississippi has bumped BYU from the 2016 schedule to take on a series with Kentucky, what type of opponent would you like to see BYU scheduled to fill Southern Miss's spot in that 2016 rundown? And before you just blurt out some P5 team like TCU or Oregon or whatever, look at the Cougars' 2016 it schedule. It is unreal in terms of difficulty. At Uncle Trent says, Wagner, the boys are going to need a break. I agree 100%. He obviously saw the schedule. He gets it. He now, gets it. Now, at 86, Wisconsin Coug, BYU Sports Nation, like to see a lower-level ACC, Big 12, or Big 10 team, or mid-level American team. Okay, mid-level American, maybe. Maybe. But it's so tough. Joining us now, a guy who could offer some insight on that and many other things, the managing editor of Campus Insiders and publisher of collegefootballnews.com is Pete Futak. Pete, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. What's going on, guys? How many different college football team previews have you written or reviewed in the past three months? A lot, and I'm just coming up to the end. Record time and getting them done this year. But, yes, I get about 75 of them. Some of the other guys we do uh, spread it out to, uh, to the other ones. But, yes, I get the main ones, and I get to do BYU. And you have done BYU, one that we recently read. Uh, and, and from your 2015 preview of the Cougars, I got this underlying tone from you, Pete, that it's it's kind of New Year's Six or bust for the Cougars. Is it New Year's Six or bust? Yeah, it's a tough situation, and like it, that's the world of being an independent for BYU. Uh, it's it's a, it's a different thing for Army at this point. Notre Dame is Notre Dame, and that's just again a, a whole different thing for the Irish in terms of national attention and you know what that is because that's just a, a big monster of its own. But if you're BYU and you're not a part of the Pac-12, you're not in the Mountain West. There's no conference championship to play for. You know, so it's so basically your season is hinged on hoping that you come up with something truly magical and get into you know the playoff or one of the big massive you know new year's six bowls of somehow but the problem is they're you know got the contractual tie-ins to uh Las Vegas or Hawaii if uh, uh, all everything else falls through and that's not exactly the carrot at the end of the stick that you want to keep fighting for if you lose a game or two early on Pete Futak of Campus Insiders with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, you, and I'm going to quote your, your article. You said, two losses and the season is effectively over. And, of course, that deals with what you just said. But this is probably the toughest schedule that BYU has ever faced top to bottom. So it, even if they lose two games, can they still not attain some national respect, and, and I mean by that I mean like a top 15 ranking, even if they lost a couple of games. Oh, yeah, they could do that, but like, so what? You know, who, you know it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, unless you're shooting for something, you know, you know tangible, like a, you know, a trophy of some sort or a chance at the playoff or, you know, a championship of some point, all right, and so you, get, you finish the season ranked 11th or you finish the season ranked 17th or, you know, none of that really matters at the end of the day. I mean, it does to fans to some extent, and it's 
and nice and you know but the, but the whole point of everything is if you're you know if you're a college team if you're a player you want to you, you want to have something that you're going after you're having uh, you're, you want some sort of thing that you want to fight for it's all about championships it's all about trying to win games and, and there is that to a point but you know let's say you lose to Nebraska and Boise State in the first two games of the year then the rest of the season basically is an exhibition season I mean even if you're in the Sun Belt even if you're in the MAC even if you're in any conference at least it's something to be able to go after a conference title and you know get the t-shirt and all that and that's kind of it, it's it's sort of you know apples and oranges a little bit but it's a little bit of a motivational factor that you know sort of makes the season you know something more to play for now wait, are you saying that a Sun Belt championship or let's say even a Mountain West Conference championship is greater than finishing in the top 15 national rankings it depends on what you what you want, and it's not it's not necessarily. Obviously, you want to be ranked high, but again, you know who cares? It, it just yes, in the history books, you're put down on a certain spot, and that's fine, you know. But again, you know, do you remember have any clue? You know, who were the top fifteen teams of last year? You know, or of two years ago or four years ago? And you know, yes, you can make the same argument. Okay, who is the you know 2013 Sun Belt champion? Okay, whatever. You know, but for the fan bases of a place, you know, you're looking for, you know, what's fun about a season, you know, it's fun to be able to say we were the champion of something, and for a team, and especially if you're a player, yeah, you want to be, you want to fight for that kind of thing. You want to be able to shoot for that, and you can have. It's not, it's not an either or situation. You can fit it if you were a BYU and you were in the Mountain West, you could win a Mountain West championship and finish in the top 15. Now, looking at December, I considered two and two. I mean, based on the, the level of difficulty those teams were, were facing, 2-2 two and two to me is, is a success. Now, let's say we lose two games. You're the head coach at BYU, or, or you're one of the players. What's your mindset? They're, they're now, so to you, there's nothing else to play for. What would you tell your team? What would you tell your teammates? Well, the, the, nothing else to play for aside. You do have fun games. I mean, you do, I mean, Cincinnati is a good team. It might be the best team in the American Athletic Conference. I mean, you know, good luck getting up for Wagner. But, like, you do get to, you know, play Missouri at a big, you know, big stadium in Kansas City. And you do have, you know, some big, you know, games against, you know, Fresno State and Utah State, which have that Mountain West feel. Yeah, and you do want to still go get the wins for for a bowl game, but yeah, again though, it's like all right. So you know, are, are you playing for a title? You're just kind of playing a, a a series of games. You're just playing a you know a bunch of games as opposed to being a part of something. And you know that works for some places. Again, if you're Notre, Notre Dame's a different sort of place. But otherwise, that's why a lot of a lot of programs like being a part of a conference because you know you want to kind of have that camaraderie a little bit. You want to know that you're a part of a league and you you're fighting for a championship of some sort. Pete Futak, the managing editor of Campus Insiders and publisher of collegefootballnews.com, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. Pete, you brought up Notre Dame. I know that the Fighting Irish have the five-game tie-in year in and year out with the ACC, and they have access to the ACC bowl games, and they can go to the Orange Bowl, I think, twice in 12 years or something like that. So it's different for the Irish, but really, if they lose two or three games, are they that much different than BYU? No, because it, 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 only the fact that they are shooting for a bigger, better bowl game than you know BYU is going to be tied into. I mean, you know, it's BYU. So if you're going to Las Vegas or you're going to Hawaii, you're not necessarily going to take advantage of the really fun stuff that make you know Vegas and Hawaii, Vegas and Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> but it's 
you know, you're going into these minor level bowl games. But you're right. You know, it's the same sort of thing. If you're Notre Dame and you lose three games, you know, you're not going into a big time bowl game. But you know, again, Notre Dame's just a different animal. It's just you know, while BYU has the massive national fan base, you know, Notre Dame, you know, versus USC, Notre Dame at Stanford. I mean, those are such big, huge games. You know, that that just take up the national focus. And you know, that's that's saying BYU versus Missouri won't. You know, it, it certainly will. But if, if if BYU is, you know, four and three at some point, all of a sudden that you know, those any game that comes late really just doesn't take on that big time significance. Speaking of Vegas, oddsmakers set BYU's over under win total at eight point five. Um and I wanna know. How many games do you have BYU winning in? Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's. I mean, again, you you look at the schedule. Eight point five means you're beating a Michigan, or you're beating a Cincinnati, and you're beating a Fresno State or Utah State. And so, you know, you look at their schedule. Obviously, Wagner is the one that's the real dud of the bunch, and you know, San Jose State's not great, but they're better, and UConn stinks. But you know, there there are probably nine teams on there that that might go bowling. You know, at the very least. So you know, it's a very very good fun schedule. So yeah, on that level, and they something to play for away. It's it's a fun season it's a fun slate you're not playing a bunch of really bad teams week in and week out so it is an interesting interesting thing to do and you know to take this another step you know look at this you know this is the way athletic directors try to look at it sometimes what if you know what if they do beat nebraska you know nebraska's got a new head coach they're still trying to figure it out it's not the nebraska of you know 1995 or anything like certainly this. not and so let's say they pull that off. Boise State's fantastic. Boise State's going to probably win the Mountain West title. They get everyone back on offense except Jai, and they got to figure out their quarterback situation. We get nine starters back, so that's a very, very good team. But that game's in Provo. You know, it's not a, it's not an unwinnable game by any stretch for BYU. UCLA's the killer. I think UCLA is the best team on the schedule by far. That is a, uh, I think they're going to win the Pac-12 and go into the playoffs. Uh, but they're going to start a new quarterback, and they're they were. Flaky last year, they never played up to their talent level. Michigan, you know, that's the that's still a program trying to figure it out, even with Jim Harbaugh, even with it. So it, on the surface, you look at these teams, you're like, oh my gosh, forget about it. But what if they do go three and one? You know, what what if they go four and zero? Oh? It's not crazy, you know, considering what you know, you know, oh gosh, BYU can't beat Texas, and they wouldn't, you know, blew them out of the water the last couple of years. So, you know, let's say everyone stays healthy, and let's say somehow by some miracle, BYU's four and Coming out of the coming out of September, and then things ease up a little bit. If you can go four zero doing that, all of a sudden the national attention spins the other way. Like, wait a minute here, look at this team. They're four and zero, and you know if you you know maybe lose to Missouri but win the rest of those games, as eleven and one, good enough to get in the playoff. At least at that point, you're in the discussion. Pete Futak of CollegeFootballNews.com on BYU Sports Nation. We'll uh, end with this, Pete. When you look at the schedules that BYU is lining up uh, with the efforts of Tom Homo, the athletic director, this year we've mentioned the crazy September throw in Missouri in November and Cincinnati. Then in 2016, it just is off the charts difficult. Arizona, West Virginia, Boise State, UCLA, Mississippi State, Michigan State. This, are these schedules making BYU more nationally relevant? 
Yeah, because they're out there. I mean, it, because they, they're playing those games, but they're nationally relevant if they win them. You know, if they win some of these games. You know, if you're if this is an eight and four, you know, BYU team, then it's kind of not that big a deal. You know, but I, I don't. On the flip side, I don't know why you would schedule BYU. I don't know why any of these big programs. I guess it counts as sort of like that one big game you're going to play on your schedule. You know, along with the Savannah States of the world that you're going to you know put on there, uh, but. It's it's a no-win situation for a lot of these teams because you could, you know, you know you could, the college basketball argument. You could certainly lose to BYU, and if you win, BYU's probably going to be eight and four. So it's not like you're getting a ton of national recognition for it. Uh, but you know, some athletic directors, some programs are doing it. And if you're not going to be in a conference and you're trying to make yourself big on a national scale, well, then play a big national schedule. And you know, again, you know, there might not be a Mountain West title at the end of the rainbow here for for BYU, but play. Missouri is kind of fun, you know, playing, you know, Fresno State and Utah State, two of the better Mountain West teams, is pretty interesting around there. So uh, at the very least, it's a very good schedule, even if the bowl tie-ins aren't that great. Pete, thanks for the time today. We appreciate your insight, and we'll talk to you again in the near future. Thanks, Pete. No problem. Have a good one, guys. You too. All right, so some takeaways from that. I feel way stronger about BYU and a national ranking than clearly our friend Pete Futak does. He says, who cares? doesn't matter if you're – it's everything to BYU and Independence. We heard oh, it from yeah. Blaine Fowler yesterday. If we're in the top 15, great. Who cares about a conference championship? We want to be in the top 15. And, and he may not know this, but players do look at rankings. Rankings matter. You play for those rankings because that tells you who, who you're better than. When you're in the ESPN Independent Conference, yeah, you're playing for a ranking. So it does matter. But otherwise, really interesting national perspective. Up next... The man in charge of taking the Cougars to the Nationals in track and field at Stone. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Michael Alisa in Radio Vision live from Studio B on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. Michael Alisa has just received a pair of the BYU Sports Nation blue goggles and has informed me that he will wear them religiously to show his support for all BYU athletics. If you want to be like Michael Lisa, <laughs> get your BYU Sports Nation blue goggles. For those listening on the radio, he just winked right into the camera, and that was, and then, I guarantee and then that will be, uh, rip the glasses off. That with, will be vined out at some point later today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Our headlines today the BYU Southern Miss football game for 2016 has been moved from that season to be played at a later date. We have not yet heard anything on that front. What we do know is BYU now needs another home game for 2016, and our Twitter question today is, well, what type of opponent do you want? Schedule carefully looking at the 2016 schedule. All right, Michael, tell us about Tyler Haas. Working out with the, the uh, was it the Lakers today? That is the last. I can't keep track of it. He worked out with the Phoenix Suns, then the Dallas Mavericks, and Utah Jazz. He's everywhere. Now the Lakers. But the Lakers today. I think his fourth workout in around a week. The BC Lions of the Canadian Football League have released one of their early depth charts in camp. Austin Colley, despite only signing about a month ago, has worked his way into a second-string wide receiver position. I'd be shocked to not see him as a starter. He's just... He's too hard of a worker, too precise of a runner. And John Beck is the backup quarterback right now. See if both those guys can get back on the field together. Joining us now in Studio B, one of our Olympic guests. The Olympic swag is back here. Head coach of BYU Track and Field, Ed Eisone. Coach, welcome back. I like that, Olympic swag. Yes, okay, I'll try to carry that for the rest of the the day. You're going to try, you got it. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you. you. 
Hey, nine athletes, relay team headed to Nationals now in Eugene. Uh, what's on the agenda before you leave for the Northwest? Uh, you know, at this point in time, the hay is in the proverbial barn. You know, all the work is done, so you're just trying to sharpen them up a little bit. And uh, I worked out Shaq this morning at 8.30. We tried to beat the heat a little bit, and he looked very good. So uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed. I think everyone's uh, getting healthy, totally healthy. That's one of the good things about these last few days. You can kind of rest up and go in and be ready to roll. How would you rate this season? I mean, you've been doing this for a very long time. So actually not rate it, but maybe what was your favorite part from a coaching standpoint uh, leading up to Nationals this season? Well, I'd like a couple of things. We'd set some high goals as a team initially to get a lot of people qualified to the first round of the NCAAs, the regional meet. We did that. We set records in terms of, I think we had 33 men qualify individually uh, to the first round of the NCAAs and I think 14, 15 uh, on the women's side. Uh, And then last year we did a very good job qualifying people to the first round as well, but it seemed like that was the ultimate goal for a lot of people, and we went into the uh, to the regional meet or the first round of the NCAA's. We were a little flat; we didn't qualify as many people onto the nationals. And what I was really proud of is the fact that we qualified a ton of people to the regional meet, and then they had the mindset that this is not the end, baby. We got to get to the to the championships in Eugene. So I was really proud of the way the guys stepped up at uh, the uh, the meet in Austin and qualified to to go on to to Eugene, Oregon. Coach, a coach wears many hats trainer, father figure, maybe friend, um, and psychologist. How, how do you work with your players to keep them calm, keep their nerves level going into meets like this? Well, I think we just kind of remind them of the level of uh, uh, preparation that they have gone into this uh, into this season, you know, remind them of the various workouts that they've been doing all along, and then trying to not make it a huge big deal and remind them that they don't need to do anything, um, you know, unearthly at the uh, regional meet. They just need to duplicate performance, the good performance that's got them there, and if they do that in that high-pressure situation of the first round of the NCAAs, they're probably going to advance to the national meet. What are your expectations and goals for those that uh, will compete in Eugene? Well, we have some very highly ranked athletes going in. So first and foremost, we'd like to see those athletes, you know, at least duplicate their their ranking. Jason Witt is one of the top ranked 10,000 meter runners in the country. Of course, Shaquille Walker, uh, one of the favorites or at least a top three, top six favorite in terms of the 800 meters. And then on a four by four, I'd love to see that four by four team. Uh, They're still going to have to roll really well again in the in the. the the race that will qualify for them for the final but love to see a four by four team in the final racing against the likes of you know some of the sprint powerhouses out there you know that yeah exactly that's that's not something that people commonly associate with BYU as having real strength in the in the sprint area or four by four area at least currently back in the days we you know we had Frankie Fredericks and and we had some incredible sprinters but we're starting to see that roll around again and and just get a four by four team in the final with be amazing and then of course we have a uh, great uh, 800 meter runners on the women's side as, as well Shea Martinez uh, Kelsey Brown could do very well so just love to see everybody who's going to the meet come back scoring having scored a point being first team all-american can we go back to that four by four record not breaking record crushing time how did you see it? Well, Michael, think about it. If you have a record on the books that stood for 44 years, you know that's a very good record, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so when you have a record like that, you're hoping to break it by a tenth, right? But for them to go in and put together the relay, uh, Mario Harper to, to Sean Adams to Jesse White to Shaquille Walker and see them, uh, just all of them really reach down and probably pull out, a, you know, one of the best performances 
ever individually put that together as a team, then you see a crushing of a 44-year-old record by over two seconds. That was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was over three seconds. Yes, yeah, that's unbelievable. I think we were Amazing. thinking four, uh, you know, three oh five, maybe three oh four. Wow, that would be. But when we looked up and saw three oh three, I mean, there were grins all over us. Uh, <laughs> I think we were all kind of kind of screaming. My favorite reaction was uh, uh, a fan from the University of Iowa was sitting behind us, and he said, "That was BYU that just won that." <laughs> so <laughs> dang straight it was. <laughs> yeah. My so. favorite reaction was Shaq Walker's raising the baton. He, he said yesterday, he was like, "I felt kind of bad. I, I don't usually celebrate." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Shaq, Shaq raised the baton and then quickly put it down. You know, was going, Man, I need to be humble here. You know, I want to represent BYU well. But, but yeah, at the very least. And uh, it was funny. Also, Mario Harper was flexing, and he's a, a pretty you know subdued individual. And to see him flexing and jumping around at the, at the finish line, they, yeah. And who couldn't? Uh, who who wouldn't? You know, when you when you break the score, a 44 year old school record by three seconds like that. And great group of guys, great group of young men. Kyle Grossart has done a fantastic job as our uh, a sprint hurdle coach. Uh, in preparing, uh, you know, many of those guys on the on the on the sprint side. We also had Anjanae Monteverde in in studio earlier this week as a pole vaulter, and that's such a unique event. So to see her progress and get to Eugene to the championships, uh, what does that say about the the type of athlete that she is? After she transferred from Oregon to BYU, right, right, right. That's a great story, and I and I call the the pole vault is the extreme sport of uh, of track and field. If it, if it, there was going to be a sport in the X Games, the pole vault would be the one, you know, because <laughs> they're running down breakneck speed, you, you know, going you know on the, the men's side, 18, 18 feet plus. Uh, and Anjane is a great story because she she was a phenomenal high school athlete. She and her sister uh, went were recruited highly by both BYU and University of Oregon. They kind of went for the for the bling, went for the for the gold ring, so to speak, and and went up to the University of Oregon and had, uh, you know, I think just didn't have as, uh, the experience that they were hoping for, and so for them to transfer down and then now for Anjane to have qualified and go back up there as a junior and experience the national championship meet there was it's, it's a great story and she'll have a great time there and she's got a lot of friends on that U of O team, uh, and so it'll be fun for her. Now, to clarify for uh, fans that aren't aware of how first-team All-American designations are given out, if you make the championship heat, you are a first-team All-American, yep. correct? Top eight, top eight, first-team All-American, second eight, uh, second-team All-American, uh, next eight, so what, what, 17 to 24, um, is that right, Math? Yeah, uh, 20 is going to be uh, honorable mention. So really... But you only score points if you're first-team All-American, so that's uh, obviously what we're looking Think for. Think about how many track and field athletes there are compared to the other team sports. Like so if you're a top eight, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and in, in many events, uh, we're talking not just national class, but world-class, uh, Olympic potential. Uh, and certainly we have a couple of guys out there that are, are getting ready and will go up to uh, Eugene who certainly have just beyond uh, you know national NCAA sort of um, – desires they're looking forward to hopefully world championships olympic games eventually ed Eyestone bringing his olympic swagger to studio b he is the head coach of BYU track and field they're headed to nationals in eugene next week good luck coach thank you very much spencer good luck coach thanks mike really good stuff uh we're going to come back with some of your tweets on our twitter question up next specifically an announcement on a new weekly segment we have some olympic swagger here how about some nfl swagger in studio every week Former NFL player going to bring his talents to BYU Sports Nation. And he's a good guy. I like this guy. I'm excited. Is he better than you, though? Uh, A player, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the very talented Michael Elisa and critic of Shave Ice with no D. Well done, Spencer. You ready to go to the islands? I know, man. Let's go, baby. All right. Hey, we debut a new segment this Friday on BYU Sports Nation, so roughly 48 hours from now. We'll welcome Brian Keel into a weekly BYU Sports Nation segment as our Football Friday analyst. He'll join us every Friday to talk Cougar football throughout the summer. He's so good with numbers. That guy, he crunches numbers. I don't know what his major was at, well, while he was here at BYU, but he loves looking at stats. He loves breaking that down. I did say he's a better athlete at linebacker. <laughs> Let me be specific. Linebacker. He ain't running the ball. He ain't running the rock like me. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's right. Not sorry. Hold up the baton. Bring that swagger. Shaq Walker. Yeah, let's celebration go. Shaq up Walker. in here. But bring it back down fast. Our Twitter question today, one which Brian Keel, I'm sure, would be very, very opinionated on because that's what he does. What type of opponent would you like to see BYU schedule to fill the now empty spot in 2016 that Southern Miss leaves? It's already a crazy difficult schedule. So who do you want? I just, oh, my goodness. I just got a peek at this tweet. Eric Biggert, Bama. <laughs> At Eric Biggert, Bama on a day, on an off day. Bama on an off day is still Bama that could win by 40, okay? on an What kind of an off day? Like, they forgot to show up to play? Now, let's play Bama in 2017. But 2016, let's, uh, let's keep our, our hats. Yes, let's yeah. space it out. Balance, balance, my friends, is the key. <laughs> we need to get distinguished up here in Studio B. I dare say... It's time to put on the elitist hats. Hit it! Is it elite or not on BYU Sports Nation? <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> That's my first time hearing the that. The classical That's music is amazing. <laughs> yes. Elite or not on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, here's today's topic. Is the 2016 BYU football schedule, not this year's, next year's, is it elite or not? And I know it depends on how you define elite, but Michael, since you are a distinguished guest host, I'm going to give you first dibs here. Elite or not for the 2016 BYU football the schedule? The 2016 BYU football schedule is not elite. What? Let me, let me what? tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's, it's too much. It's too, if you want an elite schedule, you've got to have a balanced schedule. You've got to have a lot of big teams that we can point at and say, look, we, we played those hard guys. We played those, those big boys over there, and we did well against them. We beat some of them. But when you schedule your entire season full of these good P5 teams, I, I think that you're, you're buying off too much that you can chew. And, wow, okay. and, and you know, for that reason, I say not elite. I'm actually going to uh, – I'm not going to agree with you. but You can agree with me. That's, that's <laughs> a very good argument. Okay, if you, so if your definition of an elite schedule has balance, then yeah, you, you got me there. But I'm looking at the opponent's – and the college football fan in me comes out, and I think, oh, yeah, Arizona at Utah, UCLA, West Virginia at Michigan State, Mississippi State at home, at Boise State, at Cincinnati, Utah State to close the season in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. How do you not call that an elite schedule? In terms of the most quality opponents you've ever packed into one single schedule. So, so, so is a schedule elite or, or is it contingent on, on how we play against I them? I don't know. That's what's tough about this. 
So your argument that there's not enough balance, I agree with. But I think the Power Five awesomeness in that schedule it is awesome. Makes it elite. No one can argue with the fact that the schedule is awesome. <laughs> you tell us, BYU Sports Nation, is the 2016 schedule the way that it's set up right now? BYU still needs two home games, and UMass is in that as well. So there, there is a tad of balance with UMass, and for sure, an FCS opponent. I'd be shocked if Wagner or Weber State or Southern Utah. Somebody like that doesn't show up on the schedule. Now, let me ask you this. If BYU went out and got Army to go along with UMass and an FCS team, then in your mind, I'd, I would feel a little bit enough, better. Is there enough balance for it to be elite? Or is it still too tough? I, it, it's, in that case, if we get Army to fill in for Southern Miss, then it's, it's, it's teetering and tottering on the edge, borderline <laughs> there, contingent on how we play. Then we can look back and say that was an elite schedule. Oh, my goodness. Perfect it, it's time. It's still a lot to chew. Perfect time to go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. What type of opponent would you like to see BYU schedule to fill the Southern Miss spot in 2016? Let me pull up uh, my Twitter account here. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Uh, from at. Oh, we got people take, going after Pete Futek, first of all. Uh, I'm, I'm distracted by people going after him for not liking the ranking thing. Um, now we have now we have tweets in. Thank you, producer. Uh, at Craig, at CJ Hershey, most P5 schools play at least 10 P5 caliber schools. We need to fit in, can't run from it. But these aren't just P5 caliber schools. These are the elite of the P5. And so, so yesterday we talked about our schedule comparing to Notre Dame's. This this year it's. It's similar. Compared. Next year, it's tougher. we're blowing Notre Dame's schedule out of the water. Saying, oh, you play five big games? We're playing eight or nine. You know, <laughs> it's tougher. That's nothing. It's tougher than Notre Dame's next year. <laughs> I, I see what he's saying, but there's a, there is a point. Still, the competition. Yep. There's a line where it's too much. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around and your rise and shout. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. The, B- the Boston College Lions recently released their death chart. I can't but wait, talk. the Boston College or the British Columbia? Is that British Columbia? Oh, <laughs> we're talking Canadian Football League, eh? <laughs> yeah. yes. They have listed both John Beck and Austin Collier as second string players. All right. Sometimes you just forget about those guys up north. Okay. So we, yeah, okay. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go NBA now, huh? Cougars in the association. Tyler Haas will continue his pre-draft workouts today with the L.A. Lakers. He's already worked out with the Phoenix Suns, Dallas Mavericks, and Utah Jazz. Get on a roster. Now let's throw in some BYU football. Southern Miss, we mentioned, who was scheduled to play BYU in Pro Bowl in 2016. They've announced... They're moving that game to play Kentucky. They will fulfill the agreement, or so they say, with BYU at some point in the future. But for now, BYU needs another home game. Who is it going to be? Good grief. That is the topic for the day. We'll get to some of your tweets in a moment. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I'm going to give it to Ed Eyestone and the, and the job he has done with BYU track and field over the last few years. They've had some, some distance runners and... But now they've got people in specialty spots like Anjanae in the pole vault, Anjanae Monteverdi in the pole vault, and a sprinting relay team at the NCAA championships from BYU. 
Shattering records. Dude, that doesn't happen very often. I love that fan from the other school. Was that BYU? The yeah, it was BYU. Yeah. Dang, Dang straight. straight, man. Anyway, <laughs> so Ed Eyestone, congratulations. Great job. Well-deserved rise and shout. Now we get to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. Okay, and here, here is the thing. People are going after our guest uh, from college football uh, sports.com, Pete Futak, earlier today. And he is now offering his rebuttals, okay, for, for those that say, oh, he's ranking Madison. And I'm included. I'm at the front of that list. Ranking is everything for BYU because they don't have a conference. It's one of Bronco Mendenhall's three pillars. If you're ranked, you are, notice, at least within the season. Now, Pete says they don't make T-shirts for nine and three teams that finish number 17 in the rankings. You're right. They don't. But if you can finish ranked consistently, guess what? You become that much more delicious or tasty or yeah. uh, a team that— Save power, your T-shirts, bro. A Power 5 conference wants a team that finishes nationally ranked year in and year yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, no, we're not celebrating the fact that, hey, we went 9-3, and three, woo! But you want to finish ranked, okay? Why not? If, if you don't have a conference, what else is there? Now, he says again, uh, in response to another Twitter follower, the two aren't mutually exclusive, meaning rankings, or sorry, a schedule and a conference championship. You can play a Mountain West schedule and still be national and non-conference scheduling. Clearly, he is in favor of the Boise State model. Clearly. Right. right. Like that. And, but who else besides Boise State has pulled it off? But it's easy to, to be outside and look in and say, yeah, you should go with the Boise State model. When you're in our shoes and yeah. the only option is to go up, we want to get to a P5 conference. This, okay. is, this is what you got to do. Yeah. There's no other way to do it. I'm sorry. We can keep the conversation going, and we will, using the hashtag BYUSN anytime you would like to. Really intriguing stuff. Tell us who you want on the 2016 schedule to replace Southern Miss. Okay, I know a lot of you want Bama, or even jokingly or seriously, I don't know. But, like, who do you really want? Send in your responses. This is an outstanding conversation. I, I bet we bring back something that Pete said <laughs> tomorrow. It's just too juicy. The, the fight is raving right now on Twitter. <laughs> you, know, you fans going, going to the defense. After him. <laughs> Poor They're going guy. after him, baby. <laughs> At GMoney808. Schedule the Oregon Ducks. Oregon's not coming to Provo. BYU needs a home game. And they, uh, yeah, you, We'll go to Provo once if you come to Eugene four times. Deal? I, eh, not happening. Hey, thanks to all of our guests today and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Our show on demand on BYUtv.org slash BYUSN and BYUsportsNation.com. For Michael, I am Spencer. Shout out to Pete Van Volkenberg.